Hello and welcome to the I Create Daily Podcast. I'm Leora Alderson. And I'm Devani Alderson. We are the mother-daughter co-founders of the I Create Daily brand. We are passionate about encouraging positivity, creativity, and productivity while bringing you information and resources that support your creative aspirations. I Create Daily is for creators in every genre of creating, from musicians to writers, crafters to inventors, bloggers to entrepreneurs. So if you're into creating anything, this podcast has something for you. So tell us, what would support you most in your journey? You can reach us at creators at iCreateDaily.com. Thank Thank you you for for joining joining us us on this journey. Hello and welcome to the I Create Daily podcast, a movement for creators serious about their work. I'm Devani. And I'm Leora. And if your goal is to lead a more authentic, healthy, and purpose-filled life, you will enjoy the conversation with today's guest. Jill Sylvester has 20 years experience as an intuitive and holistic mental health counselor, where she has successfully guided hundreds of clients towards great health and life balance. More than a holistic practice, Sorry, more than a holistic practitioner specializing in energy and intuition, Jill is also a product creator and author of both fiction and nonfiction books with themes geared toward helping more people than Jill can reach through her clinical practice. Jill has created a line of products called Planting the Seeds, which is a line of self-help cards based on therapeutic models of self-esteem building for children. And Jill has published two books, Land of Blue, and she's about to launch Trust Your Intuition, her new book, and we'll dive into that today. So welcome, Jill. Nice to see you both, Leora and Devani. Nice to talk with you. Nice to talk with you. We, you cut out for just a minute there, so I just want to make sure uh, if the sound ends up off, then we'll pause it, but hopefully once you start talking, we'll, we'll, we'll give you the signal if we're not hearing you well. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I think, and sometimes it's just, it's uh, bandwidth or Wi-Fi connection or whatever, sometimes that flips off, so we'll just keep monitoring it, seems fine for now, but tell us, like, tell us how you got into doing what you're doing, what you've been doing for the past 20 years. Okay, so um, about 20 years ago when I had my first child, um, I really started getting into the self-help intuitive piece and worked with that for a few years, uh, self-study, and decided that I wanted to do something with it professionally. So it wasn't really my style, my particular style to, um, you know, hang my shingle on the door and say, Jill Sylvester, intuitive. So I decided to go back to school and pursue a graduate degree in counseling um, after I actually had a dream that instructed me to do that. Mm. Um, So I went back and it took me five years to get my degree with two babies at home. And I did it and I opened a practice working with, you know, I'm a licensed mental health counselor. So there's certainly the traditional lens that I look through on the clinical piece, but really more and particularly why clients come to me um, is more of the alternative piece. So I I look through that alternative lens, I would say, um, for most of my session with people and my relationships with people so that I'm combining both. As, as more of an integrative counselor in really just helping them feel better. So that could be anxiety, it could be job searching, it could be relationships. I mean, there's a plethora of reasons people come in to talk to an objective person. And so I, I use my intuition in that process as a licensed mental health counselor. Fantastic. And so you're saying you didn't want to just hang a shingle with intuitive counselor or coach. Does that mean that you, so tell us about your own intuitive journey. journey. So 
when did that begin to develop and how is, what role has that played in your life? Um, yeah, I've, I've always been into dreams and, and interested in intuition in the background for, you know, as long as I can remember, but it really kicked up after I had my first child, my son, um, who will be 20 in December. So, um, it's been, it's been quite a journey really, um, as it does for many women who, who become pregnant. And I, I hear these stories, you know, that, that, that portal kind of opens up. Mm. Um, so I think it was always there for me. And then it just, you know, kind of exploded um, after I had my son. And so I really was intrigued as, you know, as anybody would, why is this happening to me? You know, mm. why, why now? Um, what's the purpose of it? And so I really became, you know, really focused in addition to being a mother on exploring that path of intuition and what it meant for my life. And then eventually on how I was going to use that intuition in order to guide other people. So um, you know, I can happily say that I've been doing that for 10 years in private practice and, and working with people to explore their own intuition, which is what my next book is all about. So for people who don't um, feel like they're connected with their own intuition, um, and just in general, like everyone has different kinds of intuitive experiences and um, perceptions. So what would you be comfortable sharing relative to how intuition has manifested in your life? Um, I would say, you know, um, I'm trying to think of where to start here. There's, there's so many things. Um, definitely I'm, I'm an emotional person. Like it's, it's more of the feeling part. So, um, as someone who's taken part in different, um, intuitive kind of experiments, I've worked on cold cases, um, with, with law enforcement in the past, um, the emotional piece is is where it's at for me. So I'll bring that in session. I hope I'm answering your question. My mind's kind of going all over the place here. Over Sorry, the, yeah. I threw you. I threw um, you a left curve question there. <laughs> um, that's okay. That's okay. Um, so yeah, it's 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 working with people on how to um, understand themselves better and to for myself. Um, being able to just, you know, if the universe gives me something, I guess that's the best way to answer it. If the universe gives me something that I need to use my intuition on, whether it's helping a client go a little bit deeper within their own psychic process and understand themselves better, then I will open up to that. If there's um, something externally that I need to know more of and the universe guides me in that direction, then I'll open up for that. I really just, I, I've, I, over the years, I think I've cultivated being a good listener. And so I, I try to work with it in, in th there's many ways it shows up, right? You know, think of, think of how we all deal with intuition on a daily basis from what foods are right to eat in the moment from the people that we should or should not be hanging around um, from different job searches, what's right, what feels right, you know, so intuition takes us in so many different directions and it's such a, such a crucial part of my life I, it's 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 in all of my moments so so really it's just how, however it shows up um you know i'm always i'm always uh or i, I shoot to be always in alignment with that i love that and yeah. we'll, we can pull that out as a, as a quote intuition is in all my moments mm. that's that's a yeah. lovely way of putting it um i and i think that and so I, i'm gonna pursue that question just a little bit more uh and i know it can be a sort of an uncomfortable place for an intuitive to, you know, th that has that 
more it's it's more pervasive kind of experience it's like but, an abstract but thing. for those who think more black and white and or want to begin to know how it is that they connect with their own intuition in each moment uh, what are some examples of how you recognize the universe showing up or responding to you know to what you need to know or what you're asking or whatever it is for you in the moment Okay, so meditation is a big part of it, um, but not exclusively. And so I say that because sometimes people want to start the process and they think they're going to just, you know, sit down and then it's going to be like a lightning bolt and the messages will come. Um, it can be like that. Uh, so meditation is certainly a part of it, sitting down and being open to sit in stillness so that you can receive those messages from the divine, the universe, God, nature, you know, whatever it is for you and whoever's listening um, so that's certainly a part of it um but it's also in the moments where we you know walk into something when we're thinking something that doesn't serve us and we realize mm -hmm. like that's you know those angelic moments right those divine moments that are like hey redirect you are off the path for a moment there like let's not go in that direction you know where that takes you and it helps bring you back or it could be that certain sign you know everybody's got their certain signs from their ancestors or or from the universe and when those show up at just the right moments when you need to um get some guidance you know receive some guidance on a particular topic or an answer to your question it's it's in those things too so it can be the lightning bolts it can be the intuitive clairvoyant moments that we get this pertinent piece of information that changes our lives you know for the better um, it certainly can be that, and it can be in the most, you know, in the simplest, which are often the most beautiful as well. So it's, when it, when you're dealing in the kind of space that you are and we are as well, and that is the concept also of how we manifest and create our day and our own reality to, you know, essentially to a large extent. And then that's, it's like we all have to balance and learn to balance that with tuning into the messages from the universe and it's sort of like, I think one of the things that, you know, those who move into really working with the mind, with thought, with manifestation, um, struggle sometimes to balance. And that is, is it, it, am I perceiving that because I think it's so? Yeah. Or am I perceiving it because it's there and now I think it's so? Yeah. And, and trust is a huge part of it. You know, I'll often tell clients that I'm working with, Take it out of the left brain, the rational part that says, hold on a second, is this, you know, God talking to me? <laughs> or is this, you know, just me and my imagination wanting it to? And there's a, and, and I think it's healthy to be skeptical of this process because you can, you know, kind of float up. So being able to trust that you are guided from that place and that if you need to use your rational brain in the process, then certainly that's what it's there for, right? Um, but it's really a matter of, of taking the leap of faith. And that's, that's a big part of it, you know, as is discernment, which could be an hour long conversation. Right. Yeah. Very true. Oh, yeah. Well, that I was going to ask, how do you help people both listen to their intuition, but then also craft whatever their path is at the same time? So, so um, in the, you help people um, level up and like, 
we do a lot of the same thing. We help people like identify what their purpose is and how to level up to that. So how much are you helping them learn to trust the intuition, but then also craft their direction at the same time? So, so not fall back on just, I don't feel like doing something. Right. Yeah. Versus, you know, pushing the boundaries for growth. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're referring yeah, to? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it, it's, you know, part of involvement is listening to the information and then acting on the information. Yeah, that's There's good. a line in The Land of Blue, my, my first novel, that says knowledge is power, but wisdom is in the application. And mm-hmm. so when you are receiving that information, that's all well and good, but the most important thing is to walk the path. And so to be able to, you know, cultivate that space in order to receive the information, which again, could be meditation, full blown, where you're sitting there and you're in Shavasana at the end of yoga, or you're, or you're, you know, just sitting in stillness, or it's in the moments of quiet, you could be washing the dishes and receiving information, you can be looking out the window and receiving guidance. So you get the information and then allowing it to just kind of sit and percolate and trusting on what you need to do with that is the next part. So there's, there's two parts to it. And that, and in response to your question, Devani, is, that, is how to um, help people evolve. Like you, you grow, we, yes. we need to be growing and moving. So when we're acting on that information, that's really the only way we're gonna see growth. And that's, you know, that's a big difference in, in people's um, personal development from, in my opinion, because sometimes you can sit with that information a long time and not do anything with it. fear or fear of change fear of changing relationships fear of letting things go but when you do and you walk through that door that's when things can really um, start to evolve for you in terms of purpose or health or uh, you know security within yourself and your relationship with the divine and just being in alignment and I think that's the goal for all of us is to be in alignment most of the time you know I'm no Eckhart Tolle I haven't received that status for sure but to me, that's the goal, you know, is, is being in that kind of alignment. So, Have you noticed that intuition increases the more you act on the intuition you're given? Absolutely. Like anything else, if you're interested in something and you practice it, then you're going to get better at it. Um, and again, something I say to my clients all the time, when you say you want, you know, a more toned body and you go to the gym and you lift weight for, weights for a few days and you complain you're not seeing results, it's like you got to give that time. You have to show up, you have to set your intention, this is what you want, and then you have to work at it. Intuition is the same way, you flex that muscle and you do that on a daily basis or whatever that regimen is for you and you will absolutely see results. Definitely, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, I'm, as far as the client, I was gonna say, um, I'm guessing you work with some creatives, but actually I don't know what kind of clients you typically see. Do you have a specific genre or are you seeing like all kinds of clients in your practice? I would I'm say- sorry, yeah, clients. I was gonna say, I don't know if you call them patients, but you call them clients, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's people who, you know, at this point, I've been in private practice for 10 years and I would say it's people who really want to do better and be better. So we all deal with anxiety. We all deal with depressed feelings. Sometimes there might be situational reasons why people come in and sure that's a lot of the, the surface reasons, but eventually once you get talking, it's, it's really about how we all want to grow. We all want to feel better in a certain area. And when we can do that work every single day, 
it's not just that area that starts to get better. It's all areas, right? When we focus yes. on personal development. So um, yeah. you know, many reasons people come in, but ultimately that's what it comes down to, the nitty gritty yeah. of depression. Okay. So, well, it makes sense because, I mean, you, there are a lot of practitioners who um, have a specific target in their practice um, and that serves well. And yet, you know, we're all humans having yeah. this experience and, and, you know, like a recipe, there are only so many variations for if you're going to make a cake, you know, of the kind of ingredients you're going to put in there. So similar to holistic wellness and developing our intuition. One thing very similar with how we define the term creative, like there yeah, are visual yeah. artists, there's photographers, there's writers, but it all falls under this large umbrella of creativity because yeah. creativity is expressed in all those ways. It's the same with personal development. It's like yeah. what we do is yeah. almost like um, just how we announce how we're growing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good, all growth. That's a great point. Yeah. I'm glad you put it that way. But one thing we notice and observe is that so creatives a lot of times especially those even more or functioning in the right brain uh, as it were they because they're sensitive and emotional and in tune because you know being open and receptive sensitive and emotional you're also it, it all open potentially to being extraordinarily impacted by negativity in the world by by your own negative loops and such you know so by the process of being open mm -hmm. and receptive can make one vulnerable so uh, just in general like for instance there's tends to be a, a lot of um, emotional and even depression for instance amongst creatives and artists and that sort of thing it's just kind of we all kind of it's a, it's a generalization of course like anything else but there are many who struggle with that. So what can you share um, on what have you seen in your practice uh, relative to those who are, you know, really in the creative uh, arena and struggling with depression and lack of motivation and the dark, the shadow self? Yeah, the shadow. Um, so for, before I answer that, first I want to say, this is one of the reasons I was drawn to your podcast. I had listened to, um, or your, your I, I had listened to Lisa Tenor and I listen to the way you interview and I love the angle of the creative because I really feel like everybody is creative and sometimes people hear that and say, it's not me. I'm not an artist, I'm not a writer, I'm not a photographer, yeah. but we are all creative and we're all here to create something. So whether that, you know, the, the mother who's creative or the art or the typical artist or writer or all that, but we are all here to be creative. So my, um, my sense of it with people when they come in for let's say straight depression um is that they're not living their creative purpose yeah and that's the angle that alternative angle that i mentioned earlier that i mm -hmm. take with clients as opposed to slapping on that clinical label of depression because okay. when you do that yeah it 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 it, it, it for me it, it makes people i think uh, you know you're stuck like, like you're stuck there with that label and that there's something yeah. wrong with you versus you're out of alignment with what you are here to do. So yes. once we start that conversation and we start to talk about what it is that you like to create, whether it's cooking or art or whatever it is, um, let's find it. Let's keep digging until we find it. Because once you do, you're not going to need to come in and talk to me anymore because you're going to yeah. be on your way. You know. Mm -hmm. so, so helping people to identify what's got them stuck so that we can get to that is the process. Um, and you know, about the shadow, my feeling is that the shadow, which is part of all of us, right? We all have dark and light within us, 
But I find that the shadow serves to hold us back from that creative process, from that light. And so again, re referring to The Land of Blue, my, my young adult novel, I write a lot about the darkness through the, the metaphor of gremlins and the use of entities and helping people to get more comfortable with that shadow process when you start to understand that it's almost like take it as a compliment. If they're working overtime in your life, it's because you're here to do something amazing and they yeah. don't want you to because once you do that and you tap into that, and this is the same conversation with a child or an adult I'll have, you are then going to grow and affect the collective consciousness of this planet. So their job is to hold you back. So once you start to understand that, it becomes less of an intimidating, scary, kind of a, a doom and gloom, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and you can start to say, oh, I'm being tested in this moment. Isn't that interesting? I'm being tested. Okay, what do I need to overcome? And once you get more comfortable having those conversations and being able to identify that process within yourself, I find that you do start to evolve. Mm, I love that you mm. give the shadow a persona because it really helps detach it from from yourself which kind of helps you look at it a bit more objectively it reminds me a lot of how um Stephen Pressfield calls it the dragon it's like the dragon of resistance that crops up for all of us or the gremlin shadow that tells you oh you sure you want to do that but it's just a sign it's not necessarily a bad thing to have it's just we all have to work through it like sprout through the darkness so yeah, yeah I love that yeah I so yeah I agree with that and sorry go ahead you're gonna say no I'm listening yeah okay um do what do you say with your clients who are stuck in their story so there are some like I love that you bring in and invoke the creative process and encourage your clients to do that and it's such an important point that we are all creative mm -hmm. and there are many people who assume they're not if they didn't have the the artist or whatever but that is our human that is like natural part of humanity to be creators and co-creators so I love that you mentioned that but there are people who just in every walk of life get stuck in the story um, and so when that's happening what do you do what do you recommend for your clients um, I would ask them a series of questions so that they can start to identify that they might be the um, you know causing their own chaos contributing to their own you know, chaos and so being able to say you know um, how does that feel or if you're talking about the same thing over and over what's what are you willing to do about it um, what's the next best step out of there? So, so pushing it back to them so that they start to, again, tap into that intuitive process within themselves. I'm, I'm always coming from that place of how to get them to go inside themselves for the answer versus outside. And so when you ask questions like that, I find people start to understand that, that they may be contributing more to the problem of them being stuck than they realize. Right. Um, I'm going to pause this just for a second, Devani. Um, All right, we're back. We had a little tech glitch, but here we yeah, are. Yeah, I think the sound is going to be better. Um, so, so we're inspired by so much of what you're doing and also the fact that you are not only, um, you know, helping people in holistic health and wellness and intuition and energy work, but you are also entrepreneurial in your endeavors and you're creating your own products. You are a multiple times author, not just of books, but of those cards that they yes. mentioned earlier. Planting the seeds cards. Yeah. It's therapeutic tools that you're, you can use with your clients. I'm sure you do as well as 
the enabling you to reach a larger audience. So tell us a little bit about each of your, your products, your cards, and your books. Sure. So um, thank you for that. Uh, Planting the Seeds is a line of cards that I came up with to use in session with kids that I was working with at the time and also for my own children. Um, in the first line of cards, actually, Positive Energy Cards, my daughter illustrated the line. So we're pretty proud of that, which is nice. Just, she looks at them in horror now being a 16-year-old. But, um, you know, she that was really fun for the both of us. As you, as your mother and daughter team, right? Yes. <laughs> That's so right. We had a lot of fun doing that. Um, so the line of cards, that first line are for kids ages 5 to 8. And they are designed to help kids think well starting first thing in the morning. So I love feedback from parents saying they start in their lunchbox, putting them in their lunch boxes. Um, or starting the day, you know, around the island at the kitchen and being able to start with um, a positive um, mindset and being able to have discussion around those. And then our second line of cards are for kids 8 to 12, and those are affirmations. And the affirmation cards are a series of I am statements. And mm -hmm. so being able to really work on those neurotransmitters, and you guys do a lot of that, especially in your daily prompts right now, right? I yes. am, all, all of the I am. So being able to help kids switch over from the negative way of thinking, and it's pretty classic CBT, how we think is how we, it's cognitive behavior therapy. So how we think is how we feel is how we behave. So the series nice. of I am statements helps kids to automatically go to something that's positive in order to elevate their mood. Um, so those are the line of cards. And then we have an adult line that we're working on right now. And I eventually wanna come out with a line for the land of blue as well. Um, and then I have my, my books that, um, uh, that you mentioned, my young adult novel, The Land of Blue, which won a Mom's Choice Award um, and came out in July of 2017. And then All right, back from one, hopefully the last tech glitch. Um, we were left off at talking about your book, uh, Land of Blue, Land of Blue, and you were talking about some of the themes you dive into and what you're developing around the book. Um, so The Land of Blue is a young adult novel that I wrote in 2017, and it's essentially a self-help book under the guise of fiction, and it uses a lot of metaphors to portray The Land of Blue as a place of anxiety and depression. And it's about a young girl's journey, who's a young girl named Cassie, she's 12 years old, and her dad goes missing into The Land of Blue. And it's about how she follows the voice in her head who manifests on her grandparents' front porch and takes her to the land of blue to find him. Mm. Wow. Lovely. And then your next book, which is coming out as virtually like almost the day that we're recording this, which is May. Um, your book actually publishes May 31st of 2019. Is that correct? Yes, your newest book, which is land, Trust Your Intuition. So love that title. Can you tell us more about that? Yes. Uh, so my self-help book, this is my first self-help book. And it's for adults and, um, you know, highly motivated adolescents. And uh, the book is about trusting your own intuition, 100 ways to transform anxiety and depression for stronger mental health. So again, that positive, always the positive bent of being able to take those, those feelings that we all feel and be able to do something good with them. You know, Great. listening to our intuition all the while. So you're writing these books while and creating products while also working in your practice, serving clients and being a mom and wife, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what are your creative practices that, um, that serve you in getting all that done? Getting up early is the absolute <laughs> key. 
um, very important. And um, being able to, um, you know, take care of me first, first thing in the morning. So I go for my runs or I work out um, my meditation always. But having, you know, putting the oxygen mask on yourself first is so important when you have a responsibility to be so many things to so many people for the rest of the day. And I find it irresponsible if you, if you don't take care of yourself when so many people are dependent on you or looking to you for guidance. So you need to be able to walk the talk, you know? So first mm -hmm. thing in the morning, for sure. And then, you know, that way you can be present with people not thinking, oh, I got to get that run in or, oh, I got to do this for myself. You know, you can be really far more present with people. So um, the, the morning is definitely a huge help in the creative process. Wonderful. Great. And in your business, so you're also balancing a practice and running that business with learning about publishing and writing and all the tools and things that uh, creators need uh, to get their work out into the world. So um, what has been your greatest struggle in all of that? The time, you know, definitely finding the time and making the time. So for example, when I was writing The Land of Blue, um, I was writing that book or the outline for the book from four in the morning till six in the morning. Um, an interesting little story before that is I was trying to figure out when I was going to spend the time writing this book and make, make this happen. And I kept getting up at 4.15 in the morning. So it was like a week, you know, and it was just up and up 4.15. I kept saying, oh, what's this, you know, again, look, looking at my intuition. Right significance of 415 and then finally like a two by four hitting me over the head I was like there it is oh yeah that's when I have to start getting up I'm getting up anyway I might as well just start doing this now so I wrote the book for for many months from 415 to 615 in the morning um, and then I'd go for my run and get my day started um, but I got the book you know done quote unquote during that time and mm -hmm. then from there was how to weave in, you know, the, the actual writing and the editing and all of that. So being able to carve out every single day, two hours to write the book and, you know, always taking my Fridays. My Fridays were always a day to write and, and figuring out that time. And then eventually having to pull back just a little bit from my client hours so that I, I, I could make it happen, especially when we were really um, knee deep into it and needed, needed to, you know, keep it moving. So... Um, yeah. time you know certainly always yeah. carving time how did you what was the process like creating your cards and how did you work with your daughter on that did you how how, how did that process look uh, so curious really fun um i have to go back because it's been a while you know i think she was oh my gosh i think she was maybe five when we when we started um when we created the first line of cards. Oh, so really? that, that involves sitting down at the kitchen table and having fun, you know, with, with the yeah. crayons and coloring out our feelings, which is something I did with my own kids and kids in session at the time, because, you know, they don't have the language at that age to be able to say, I'm feeling very frustrated today because mm. someone said something to me. So being able to draw out our feelings and mapping out um, how to help kids to work with with that was where the cards came from and so I would come up with you know the little idea for the for the jargon and then she would draw the picture to go along with it like for example you know I, I dress for success today and so it's helping kids to think what we wear from the colors to the texture is how we present ourselves to the world and so thinking about setting an intention of how you're dressing each morning, whether it's in sweats with a baseball cap, which is how I look when I'm writing, or it's being dressed nicely to you know, do an interview or to 
go to work in my office. You, you set that intention. And when you do that, you start to see that the world mirrors back to you the intention that you are setting. So we want to teach kids this at an early age. So, so you know, drawing, me writing the text and then my daughter drawing the um, visual to go along with it was really fun because I was, you know, we're, we're, we were learning in the process and she's mm. learning and contributing to that. So she felt responsible for that too. That's really awesome. Nice. Did you, did you homeschool your kids or you just, yeah. no? Okay. What I, that's what I really love about that, excuse me, is that um, it's the concept of you, instead of just saying, we'll think positive thoughts or take this positive thought and think, on, think about it and dwell on it. Instead of that, you gave them a tool that mm -hmm. incorporated the concept. So, you know, in other words, think of how you're getting dressed and you're dressing for success, you know, so you've put the attention on what am I wearing to project that as opposed to just saying a mantra over and over and it yet it has the same effect. So that's Back to a the action. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a great tool. What Devani and I were talking before we started our interview with you about how uh, psychics and intuitives oftentimes use tools uh, such as tarot cards, astrology, um, what, whatever it might be, the person's garment, you know, to help them channel their intuitive and psychic abilities. And, and there is a difference, but a lot of times they're mixed in together, uh, psychism and intuition. Um, Uh-oh, we have someone starting a motor, um, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully our, that's not going to show. It probably won't show, show up so much on our interview because the mic will block it out. But sorry if that's what everyone's hearing. I just hit my volume too because I want to make sure that you're hearing it. So were you... Are you hearing it better? Yeah. Yes. Better? Okay, good. Well, yeah, okay. So, but what I, so, so it's like the tool is oftentimes just needed as a vehicle for helping people develop what's already there. Um, you know, just like a page is needed for the artist to create, mm -hmm. you know, to do the painting. So the clothing or the, you know, help to put on the mindset. So I really like that you use that as a tool. Yeah, it's, it was a really fun process um, to be able to, to work with her on that. And to be able to um, um, and make sure that um, uh, you know kids are again learning from a it's it's crucial that they that they learn this from a young age yeah. and even at, at any age you know if you did, some people say oh you know could I learn this now and like, of course like, it's just about being aware and be those those cards for kids are for adults too yeah mm -hmm. start becoming aware that this is how you want to think and feel. And all you have to do is set your intention for that and really things just start moving, you know, whether you're five or you're 50. So. Are you hearing the mower in the background very loudly? No, not at all. Good. Okay, good. So we have a good mic. The Yeti mic is helping us, I think, with that. Yeah, that... That's you were talking about setting the intention, um, and what was the last thing for adults know? too? Oh, well, it's for adults too, and I think we, as kids, we're naturally curious about those types of topics. And then as we grow older and have the layers of whatever conditioning from wherever it comes from, we sort of stop listening um, to our own intuition because we're so, like at least now, we're so indoctrinated on this to look everywhere else for the answers but within ourselves. But whereas kids, even though they ask why and they, they also have this intuitive sense of kind of figuring things out and observing, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So um, I was going to ask about the cards, the process of getting the cards published. 
Um, so how did you begin that journey? When did you decide to do that? And how did you go about, you did self-publishing? Did you, how did you do that? So the cards, um, yeah, the cards I had, my graphic designer who has done my website, we've gone through a few rounds of, of you know, upgrading my website. Um, she was the one who helped me with that first line. And so she took the, you know, designs and did what she does um, so, so wonderfully. And then from there, we had to, um, you know, look into box companies and, you know, learning how that whole process. So we went with a bag of a mesh bag for the first first line and then for our second line we we upgraded to boxes and so it's, nice. it's, you're always learning you know when you're in yeah. business you're always learning like you know better ways to do things and and um and that's fun you know yeah where did the entrepreneurial drive come from because that's not every consultant and therapist or anything so where did that internal drive come from did, have you always had that spark of just doing your own thing um, yeah, I'm definitely a person who likes to do my own thing for sure. But my undergrad is business. So, um, yeah, so my master's is in counseling and education, um, but my undergrad is business and finance. So I'm in a completely different career, but, but still some of the models still serve, you know, being oh, yeah. for sure. So. Awesome. And I love how you're blending it. That's, that's mm. really lovely. Um, I did want to mention something that came to mind when you were talking about sleep and getting up earlier. Um, there, I'll see if I can find the research, but there are sleep studies that show that we basically have 90 minute sleep cycles. Um, and so it kind of, so like Devani struggles with getting up early, for instance. And so what we were talking just the other day that when you get up earlier, you're like, you're actually more energized than when you sleep later because mm -hmm. that sleeping later um, puts you in the, in between the 90 yeah, minute cycle, you know? So, so that makes sense that waking up, like if people are looking for time, how can I find time to do the work that really matters to me? Especially if you're working full time, but you want to be a writer or you want to build your art business or whatever it is, then one of the places you can find that time is in the morning uh, and, and like working with this natural sleep cycles. And so if you are getting up, you know, like at four or four fifteen, rather than say five thirty, um, you are actually probably more refreshed and ready to work than if you had tried to get up just thirty minutes earlier. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. And I, I always find it fascinating how when you do get up early and if you listen to so many motivational speakers and the, all the videos, right, in the morning on my runs, I just love these guys and, and yeah. who, who just pump you up with getting up early you really do feel so much better. Yes. I think you won't. And that's the trick. When you get up, <laughs> you go, oh my God, I'm going to be so tired. And it's going to be right. an awful day. And it ends up being like this rock star day. So yeah. it never fails when you get up early. But what I said a few minutes ago, Devon, is you're still young. So don't worry. <laughs> Um, I'm not getting up at 4.15 now. I'm getting up closer to 5.30 or 6 o'clock. But when you do get up in the morning earlier, you have so much more time to get things done that I find you are more refreshed. You are far more productive. And it yes. gets you in a healthy um, you know, regimen and a sleep schedule to go to bed earlier so that yeah. you can get up and do it again the next day. So it's yeah. just a matter of scheduling and just getting yourself in routine for sure. Yeah, and productivity is naturally energizing, at least I've found. So like, sure, you might be physically tired after doing a lot of work for the day, but like you don't, like your energy doesn't feel drained. You feel good about accomplishing things and getting stuff done that you know needs to be done. Yeah, and that's like what Gary Zukoff talks about in Seed of the Soul, right? When the personality and the soul, when the personality serves the soul and when you're in that zone, right? 
so when you're, I, I remember once writing The Land of Blue, there was one Sunday where I was finishing the book and it ended up being a nine hour day sitting mm. at my desk, writing, writing, writing. I think I got up twice to get my daughter a snack who was here with a friend and to get a drink. And it was one of the most, it was one of the best writing days ever. Mm. And nine hours straight. So when you think yeah. in, again, if you think with the left brain, like, oh, a nine hour day, what a grind, right? I was so in the zone. There was yes. nothing, nothing that I would have rather been doing than sitting there. And I'm a person who has to get up and eat and get drinks and move around and all that. But it was, it's one of those times when you're just sitting there in the zone, you have such a feeling of productivity that, that your rational brain goes out the window. Yes. You don't even entertain it because you know you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And it's really like the greatest high, right? It's mm -hmm. that greatest high of all. And so when you can sit and, and, and really be in that moment, that's, that's what, that's what you're seeking. That's the community yeah. that you are. Definitely. You know, it's meditation. You know I'm sorry. I stepped on your words. That what was the last part you said? That's where it's at. You know, that's where it's at. Yeah. Meditation in motion. Mm -hmm. That sounds fantastic. So um, what is it that you, what are, what's next for you? You're, you're, you have a brand new book coming out and do you have like a list of books that you want to write and products you want to create? What are your aspirations? So um, I think self-help is what most people expected from me, from, you know, my clients and things like that from my first book. And again, The Land of Blue is essentially a self-help book under the guise of fiction for sure. Um, so self-help books, I, I, yeah, I have so many ideas for those and I would love to crank those out and, and, um, that's my plan. But I also have a fiction series that I actually thought was going to be my second book. And then we put that on hold for a minute. It was done and ready to be released. And the plan was to release it at the end of last year. It's a fiction series about a 17 year old intuitive, um, who solves crimes using her intuition. So I was ready to release that. And then um, just some guidance from some folks said, let's come out with a self-help first, which will kind of introduce you and introduce the work and all of that. So um, I listened and did that. So the self-help book is next. And then the, the fiction series, which is a seven book series uh, will follow. So I'd like to think they'll be intertwined. You know, we'll do some yeah. stuff in, oh, in wow. fiction. Yeah. Definitely. That sounds so exciting. Yeah. You got to keep us posted on that because I am already a fan of the, the series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited for that because I love fiction. I can get lost in fiction all day. That's, I, I just love it. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. I'll definitely let you know. Fantastic. We awesome. look forward to that. Definitely. Um, one of the things I just want to circle back um, to before we let you go, if you have a few more minutes. Okay. Um, just like, as you know, because you're also a member of the I Create Daily uh, community, um, that we really are fond of using uh, conceptual quotes and um, things like that to invoke one's own uh, intuitive art and intuitive creativity. Um, and are we on mute? No, we're good. Okay, good. Um, and so, like, one of the things that I think so many people that go through the system of education as it is today there's so much about um, structuring your time and your learning based on what people are pouring into you to learn to know to do. Um, and so it's like intuitive and there's not as much in the education system, at least the traditional education system yet, that really encourages people to open their intuition and to think from the inside out. 
um, so which is part of why we're using the, con the conceptual kind of prompts and we have the intuitive art journals that uh, help to encourage that. Um, and it's the concept of thinking deeply. So we touched on with your intuition about the concept of right brain and thinking from your heart as opposed, or listening from your heart as a, and letting your thinking side and your brain side, your mind not take over. Um, and yet it's a balancing act, isn't it? It's a process of, I really like that you said, listen, and then take action because the action then also incorporates the mind, incorporates the thinking part. Um, so if you just touch a little bit more on the concept of listening to intuition and then submitting that to the conceptual mind, to the mind to reflect on and then put into action. If you have any other thoughts to say on that before we go. Sure. I think for intuition, when you start to listen to it, it's really, it would really behoove each person to have a journal next to them. So if you're sitting down and meditating and you're working on flexing this muscle, then have a pen and paper nearby so that when you're done, you can write down your thoughts, even if they don't make sense to you in the moment, you can go and talk to someone who speaks that same language with you so they can kick it around with you or you know, an integrative um, person in your life, a therapist or whoever that, that kind of gets it. And that way you can kind of get a sense of what thread to pull and then start to build an action plan on that so that it's grounded in both the left and right brain. And it's something that is going to serve you and be able to be, you know, also a practical application in your life. So it's important to, to ground the idea. That, that would yeah. Be. Ah, that, I like that. It's important to ground, to ground the intuitive ideas that come through the action and through thought. So would that, that, does that sum that up? Yes. yes. Okay, good, good. All right. Well, this has been fantastic. We've been really looking forward to meeting you. Do you have anything else you'd like to share before we let you go? Um, just my website, if people are interested in checking out my work, it's www.jillsylvester.com. And um, my products, obviously, I have my book coming out on Friday and our cards and our books. I would love people to, you know, check it out and spread the word. That's, that's how we get it done. So. Definitely. We'll, well link congratulations to yeah. on the book launch and yes. we'll have all the links available on the episode show notes. Yeah. And they can also get those on Amazon, correct? Yes, yeah. Okay. We'll have that all available. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Congratulations. Yeah. Such a pleasure talking to both of you. And I love how you're always outside. I was hoping to do the same today, but it's a little rainy in New England today. So I wasn't able oh. to do that. So the, the, the mower in the bath makes it more authentic. Oh, good. Oh, <laughs> nice. We love to as much as we can. Sometimes like it's getting up to 90 today. So we were wondering, is it going to be too hot? We have a fan on, so it all works out. We, nice. We're out here when we can be. Such a pleasure okay. talking to both of you. Thank, Thank, you. Here. Thank you, Jill. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us for the I Create Daily podcast. Please let us know what creatives you would like us to interview and what topics you would be interested in hearing more about. And if you enjoyed this show, please leave a review on iTunes. We value your feedback. We read all the reviews and it just helps us get the word out on the I Create Daily podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.